Hello, I'm Emily Pellet, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich. And you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. Inflation is at a 40-year high. The cost of everything is rapidly rising and households are increasingly worried about the current economic and political environment. So how do we best navigate the cost of living crisis? On today's episode, I speak to Timmy Merriman-Johnson, an award-winning financial content creator, podcaster, and author and founder of Mr. Money Jar. We discuss the autumn statement, what to do to boost your income, review your budget and outgoings, but also how to feel good about money. Timmy opens up about his own experience working with a therapist and the importance of self-love and self-acceptance. Say hello to Rewarding Banking. With Chase Bank, you get 1% cash back on your everyday debit card spending for a year, a slick numberless debit card to help keep your details private, and round-the-clock access to the Chase customer support team if you ever need a hand. Download the Chase Banking app to open your free account. You must be over 18 and a UK resident to apply. Cashback exceptions apply. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. So Timmy, Mr. Money Jar, we've seen you on TV recently, on, on ITV, and you were yeah. actually um, talking, I mean, it was very fresh, like straight after the, the autumn statement, the budget. Yeah. Can you do a little wrap up f- for us and tell us, you know, how it will, how it will affect us? Sure. So on taxes, we saw the highest earners have their um, their threshold level reduced from 150,000 to 125,000. A complete opposite from what uh, Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng <laughs> announced just a few months ago, where they wanted to abolish that tax band altogether. So uh, if you earn 150,000 pounds, you'll probably expect to pay an extra 100 pounds in tax from next April. Um, we saw the freezing of all other personal tax thresholds, which means as people's earnings march upwards, as people earn more, they'll fall into those higher taxed bands, which means that um, those people will pay more in tax. And we're talking millions of people here. Yeah. Um, and we also saw some measures taken to protect the most vulnerable in society. So benefits, the national living wage, and the state pension were all raised by broadly um, the, the rate of inflation, so by about 10%. Um, energy uh, uh, price cap guarantee, um, <clears throat> it will be kept in place from April, but um, uh, average usage, it will be kept at, um, average usage costs cap is now, it will be £3,000, sorry, from April, as opposed to 2500 now, which means that from April, our bills will go up. And um, yeah, this is all happening against a backdrop, of course, of rising interest rates and um, yeah, inflation being super, super high. But they had to they had to do all of this because the mini budget in September sent mar- market spiraling, I think, resulted in loss of confidence in the UK. And so the autumn statement was as much a national address as it was a global one. And I think on that front, it succeeded. Where I think that there is a huge gap is that a lot of the measures are due to come in place in April and in the yeah. years following, but we still have six months where like people need help right now. 
And it kind of felt like we'd given up on 2022 a little bit. Yeah, we've given up, but we're still, you know, we still have a bit of time. And, and the end of the year is usually very tricky for people. It can be really overwhelming with also Christmas coming up and, yeah. and holidays. Um, talking to, you know, to our communities and audiences, like people are really struggling at the moment because there's a lot of noise. Of course, you know, the, the budget, the cost of living, the economy, the, the stock market. So sometimes they don't really know where to start because they can feel very very stressed. We don't we don't have this you know level of financial education. And you talked about how you you've learned about it. I I was the same. I worked in finance, but still didn't have this level of you know personal financial education. Um, what what do you say to you know how do you approach the the topic and how do you sort of open up about finance today with, with people? So my trick, and it still seems to be working, is I take things that people already understand and then I shoehorn finance into it. Um, and even like me being on social media, I don't actually post on social media. If you look at my personal social media platforms, I have like zero followers, I have no posts. But the decision to even come on social was just to shoehorn myself into where people already were. So things I've done in the past, I've used boxes of chocolates to explain like funds, like lots of different companies in a fund, um, like boxes of celebrations and that sort of thing. <laughs> I've compared income uh, tax bands to like the Nando's Peri Peri scale. Um, I've used Fredo the Frog to explain inflation, although that wasn't strictly my idea, um, but I've kind of adapted, ad adapted it. Um, that's kind of been done before. And yeah, like you're laughing, you're smiling, and um, I'm happy that it has that effect on you because... Um, When it comes to financial education, my take is that there isn't an understanding gap. There's just an information gap. People get the stuff. People understand the concepts. They just need it presented to them in a way which is accessible. And I see it as my, my job to do that. And it's just important that we can all feel good about money and be able to solve for money in our lives. It affects every area of life, no matter what age you are. And if you can just get a grip of money, don't need to know everything, you just need to know enough. That then allows you to live and enjoy the rest of your life. What do you tell them about understanding the economy? Because of course, you know, we, we're in a recession now. So I yeah. think, you know, we're all like freaking, you know, people are freaking out. Um, you know, how long will it last? Yeah, recessions are, um, they're not to be taken lightly. People lose their jobs, businesses are shattered, uh, productivity, morale, all these things tend to drop in a recession. But what I say to people is, and that you can actually search this on Wikipedia, if you just look at recessions in the UK, um, since the start of the 20th century, we've had one on average every decade, lasting for between six months to 18 months. The coronavirus recession in 2022 was a bit shorter, three months recovery time. And so I think of recessions as almost an economic winter time every year. It gets to December, it's windy, it's cold, it's rainy. Um, would we rather the sun was shining all the time? Yes. But when the sun isn't shining, you take measures and you take steps to protect yourself so that you can get through that period safely and smartly. And I think that's the same is the case for recessions. They're just a regular part of a modern day capitalist economy. And um, I think, uh, you know, they'll be kind of older generations I think living through this who'll remember past ones but I guess like for, for us it will be like maybe two or three yeah and then uh and that's it 
And last night we we shared a lot of tips about navigating this this cost of living crisis. So we'll talk a little bit about reducing cost, but we've had like a question from from an attendee around you know how can you avoid uh, you know developing like a scarcity mindset at the moment. So maybe we can start with talking about can we boost our income? Can we negotiate? You know what can we do to maybe try to earn more um, at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, I see um, lots of things online and um, on, on social media around like side hustles. It's really, really big at the moment, and I think side hustles are great. You just need to make you need, just need to attach an hourly rate to the side hustle you're doing. So, whilst I'm not opposed to if people want to doing things like you know the online surveys and um, and that sort of thing, the hourly rate for certain types of side hustles are quite low. So you, what you want to do is you want to do something that you have the skills to do that will or pay you. Yourself. Or upskill yourself. Or, or upskill yourself, absolutely. Yeah. That will pay you a decent amount of money for the time you're doing stuff because like we're, we're all busy. So if you know how to code, I have like a friend who knows how to code and I was talking to him once, he was like, yeah, but like, how, like what can I do to like increase my income? It's like, mate, you know how to code. Like if you just... Set up a landing page, um, jump on Zoom with people. There'll be people out there that'll be willing to have coding, coding tuition, um, maths, uh, uh, professional dog walking. Yeah, writing, um, content. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that writing, content creation, mm. like what, what we do. These are really um, like high skill, like well-paying things that you can do. You can build up a portfolio over time. And... I can share from my experience with Mr. Money Jar, it was a side hustle at one point. Something that really helped me, and this will depend on your employer, is um, cutting 20% of your time and using that 20% of your time to build your side hustle. So see if you can go down to four days a week. And instead of having the pressure of trying to replace your full-time income with a side hustle, see if you can replace just 20% of your income with your side hustle and see if you can build it from there. And I had to do that for a year before, you know, Mr. Money Jar was even viable. And I'm really happy that I did it gradually because I did it over time. I was learning and I was building. But we mustn't also forget, moving away from side hustles, that the bulk of most people's income will come from a job. Yeah. And there are two ways to get paid more in, in, in the job or in, or in your industry ask for a pay rise or move job. So I don't want to ignore that fact either, that actually some of the biggest increases might come to people just by having a word with their line manager, coming up with a, the plan to yeah. get a pay rise or by moving to another company. Yeah. And that's a, that has a knock-on effect on savings and, and pensions, of course. So as soon as you can you know, earn more, especially via your work, that automatically puts more money into your, your pension. So just thinking about these things that you may not get as, you know, when you build up your, your side hustle initially, mm-hmm. or maybe as you start as a freelancer and you have this extra responsibility of, of also like saving, um, yeah, and putting money into your, your pension. Can you talk a little bit about costs now and, and budgeting? I mean, th- of course, there's this concern about rising energy costs. Um, but looking at, you know, our finances, how can we start you know, digging a little bit and see where we can sort of improve our, our financial situation, potentially save or just, you know, keep up with uh, ri- rising uh, rising costs. 
Yeah, so when we look at the inflation figures, the most recent, the headline rate was 11%, but the biggest percentages we we saw um, were in food, energy, and fuel, so, so, so in petrol. So when it comes to food, um, things that I'm doing to reduce food costs are basically downgrading from previously where I was buying branded products to buying mm-hmm. own brand products. I mean, the different, you can see a difference in price of 100% sometimes when you, um, particularly on items like milk and like cheese and stuff, those are some of the items that we're seeing rising the most. Um, keeping a lookout for discounts and um, sales, like the yellow stickered items. These are all, by the way, I don't want to tell people things that, they're or, that they already know how to do or that they're doing. Yeah. But it's just a case that in this environment, you just have to be a lot more discerning and these things matter all the more. Um, I've also found that shopping on a weekly cycle helps me and budgeting on a weekly cycle as well, um, just so that I'm not waiting for a month to see how much I've spent on stuff. I'm checking in more often, just staying closer to my money. When it comes to energy, um, the Energy Saving Trust's website is a very useful resource. They have a list on there on the most energy-consuming appliances in the home. A lot of people don't realize that the most expensive items in their home are their dishwasher, tumble dryer and washing machine Um, compared to things like charging your phone or leaving the lights on. Those three items are actually quite expensive because they heat up and they stay um, on for for a long time. So again, it's just common sense stuff like if you can air dry your stuff, um, wash your washing machine on as full a cycle as possible because it's going to be on anyway. So try to um, to to yeah to fill it up when you use it. Washing on a lower temperature. Um, when it comes to lighting, replacing light bulbs with LEDs can take a chunk off your electricity costs over the long term. So it's just about for the things that we do every day, every week, saving a little bit of money in each instance will add up to a lot over the yeah. long term. But yeah. I, you know, in my conversations I have with people, people are aware of this and people are like, people are squeezing out as much as they can. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, make, making sure, yeah, you're not then only looking at cost and, and, you know, this scarcity mindset where you feel, you know, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. And yesterday we had the Stacey Lohman on, on the, on our panel and she talked about, doing your budgeting and you talked also about you know budgeting on a regular basis maybe a weekly basis and and for each item in your in your budget so first of all like looking at your bank account every day but also these items these day-to-day items how do you feel about these like can you make any improvement um any big spending decisions do you feel excited about this do you regret these purchasing decisions because your money mindset your emotions will will start you know playing with you also um so it's yeah, so with budgeting, the two things that have helped me are um, yeah, checking in on a weekly basis. Way easier to remember what you spend money on last yeah. week. Way more palatable to look at seven days worth of um, spending decisions than 30 days worth of spending decisions. And, and when do you do it? Like, do you have a calendar? Yeah, it's in the calendar. <laughs> yeah. Me and my wife, every Sunday, we take ourselves to a coffee shop. So we're outside of the house and we do a weekly admin session. We look at the budget everything that we're doing in the calendar that week, when we're going to exercise that week, make sure yeah. to like plan in health and we look at the to-do list. Now, me and my wife don't have kids. And when I speak to people with kids, they're like, yeah, you have the time to yeah. do this. And I completely <laughs> appreciate that. But the principle is more that 
you're just staying on the pulse, like you're you're staying yeah. more close to it. Then when it also no when, surprises then, yeah, well le- less surprises, less surprises, and you yeah. can tweak as you go. But then what's also helped me with budgeting is categoriz- categorization. So I um, I think that there's like a well-known phrase which is what gets measured gets managed, and if you use you know, the free budgeting apps, Money Dashboard Neon is, uh, in my opinion, the best budgeting app because it's got a, an app and a website. So you can basically check in on your finances wherever you have an internet connection. And over time, by pulling out categories, I'm able to see if I'm overspending in a particular area and it does it all for you automatically and it kind of learns as you as you use it. So I spend quite a lot on video games, but I didn't have a gaming category in my in my budget so I made one and I was able to look like huh this is how much this is costing me every month is visible to me now it feels somewhat painful to see that (laughs) amount of money so the next time I want to buy one I now have this information that tells me no no no, you spent this much last month or this much over the course of the year so maybe see if you can trade a game in or See if you can see if you can wait. So the categorization piece has been really, really important for me because it gives me more visibility. Um, and then, I mean, again, we're we're starting this tricky period. We had you know Black Friday week last week, um, and then you know Christmas is is coming up. But people, I feel, are a bit in between. Like, do they need to spend money? They know they will impulse spend. They will spend more than they you know that they actually want to spend and that they need. They will. You know, there's this social social pressure to buy presents. How do you approach this like festive um, period that's not easy for for everyone and still make it you know quite enjoyable? Yeah, I think. Look, we've had two lockdowns where we weren't really able to be with each other. So I think fundamentally, Christmas is about spending time with people that you love. That's just the foundation of it, and. Um, in the climate that we're in right now, what I want to say to people is inflation is at a 40-year high. So if you can pay your bills, if you can look after yourself, if you can look after your family, you have absolutely nothing to prove to anyone. This is the year to say no to social pressure. If you want to buy someone something, then buy it for them. But if you are feeling a pressure to do so, this year, more than any other year, is a year where you can go I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm unable to, um, to buy that. I'm sorry, I can't come to that. Um, and feel no way about it. And um, things that I am, am doing and that I think work quite well is if you have like a big group of friends or like a big family doing like a gifting circle, like a secret Santa thing where everyone gets one present for another person in the group rather than everyone getting uh, a gift each. I think that that's that's like just as fun in in my view, and then like try to guess who got who a present and stuff. But this is like we're we're taking these steps now, so that hopefully by the middle of next year they're saying they want um, uh, the Bank of England predicts inflation to come down by the middle of next year, and then in the months afterwards. That's why we're doing all of this stuff now. I know that that is really really frustrating because it's like three years of. But we're doing this now so that in the future, well, we're doing this now so in the future. But these are the times that we're in. Um, There are, yeah, it it is unprecedented times yet again, ridiculously. 
And talking about, you know, the, the long term and planning and, and maybe delaying gratification, that's what mm -hmm. we're trying to do for ourselves. Can you talk a little bit about how do you plan for the long term? I mean, many people have stopped contributing to their pensions or they're just, you know, yesterday at the event, someone said, oh, you know, I've just looked at my investments, you know, lost 20%. Should I just sell my investments and put all my money in cash because cash savings uh, rates are slightly higher at the moment? How do you approach this, uh, this topic with your audience? To the person who asked about stopping their pension savings, um, I completely understand that. A lot of people have been um, asking that question, like, my bills are so expensive, should I stop paying to my pension? And the thing is, with pensions, um, what I like to say is, if you can pay in the minimum, whether you're a business owner or you're an employee, do try to pay in at least a minimum sum of money because you get tax relief on your pension contributions, which is free money from the government for paying into your pension. Why do they do this? To encourage people to save for the long term and also because you can't access the money until you're 55 and then that's due to go up to 57 um, in, in 2028. So if you can, pay in the minimum. If you're an employee, not only are you getting tax relief from the government, but you're also getting money from your employer. And because when you, your pension savings, they're not saved in cash, they're invested. So even small sums, ridiculously small sums saved early on will compound into hundreds and thousands of pounds later on in your career. One. Two, when you look at your pension savings and they've decreased in value, that's all that's happened. They've not disappeared. It just means that the units you've bought in the fund that your pension's invested into or the, 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 the stocks or the shares, whatever your pension's invested into, has decreased in value. If you don't need to sell, then you haven't actually lost any money. It's like living in a house, for example. If your house falls in value, if you don't need to sell your house at that point in time, then you've not lost any money on your house. It's just fallen in value. And then actually, if you then invest at this point in time, when your investment has fallen in value, when the market then recovers, which we have decades of data to suggest that uh, markets do recover from recessions, As I mentioned, we have a recession about once a decade, and this has been going on for ages. When that, those investments recover, they will recover all the more because you had a lower buy-in price. So the way that I deal with the short-term pressure and planning for the future is to stick to automation and regularity. So when it comes to my investment, when it comes to my, my pension, my attitude is to invest an amount that I can manage every month no matter what the market is doing. I have my emergency fund saved. So if I know that if something happens, I've got savings set aside in cash that I can access easily. But everything over and above that is going into investments. And because I know that I don't need that money for the years to come, that allows me to keep a cool head about it. And I think in this in this process of you know savings and, and dealing gratification, cutting cost, earning more. There's also the, you know, mindset and I'm super interested in the more sustainable approach to how you you spend money and living a maybe less materialistic lifestyle. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, thank you. Um so I'm doing a lot of work on myself at the moment and um this is a result of going to therapy last year and this year. Um and the work that I'm doing is on unconditional self-acceptance and self-love. 
Um, and I've actually asked uh, my my therapist if I can like share this model with people because this is completely hers. And she was like, yes. I was like, do I need to mention like who you are? Whatever. She was like, no, just tell people. <laughs> Basically, a lot of us don't love ourselves and it's not anyone's fault. It's actually, I think, a byproduct of capitalism. We live in a system where you you can feel like a small cog in a massive machine and you can feel like you don't have any worth. And... Um, this is very convenient for the people that want to sell us stuff because if you're not happy, if you don't accept yourself, then you'll look to external things either that you can buy, you'll try to earn a certain amount of money, have a certain amount of followers on social media so that you feel like you are worth something. We even like put it in our slogans. Maybe she's born with it. No, maybe it's Maybelline. Buy Mm. our makeup so that you can look beautiful and so that you can feel happy. And the work that I've been doing in order to feel better and to have a bit more joy in my life is to accept myself, the good and the bad, up front. And it takes work and it takes daily practice. But I found that by doing this, a lot of the things that I wanted to buy, a lot of the things that I wanted to achieve in my life, I don't want or need those things anymore because I am happy in and of myself. Not all the time and not 100% of the time, but I would say I'm getting to a point where I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I, I, I like Timmy. You know, Timmy doesn't need that thing. Timmy doesn't need to prove this thing to that person. And the crazy thing is once you love and accept yourself, you actually, you're, you're now free. More stuff starts to flow in because you're not trying to hit a certain standard or pro- project a certain type of expectation. This is where like keeping up with the Joneses come from, yeah. comes from. It, it comes from a place of, looking outside for validation rather than looking inside. Um, and uh, yeah, the the model that my uh, therapist mentioned to help me to understand where my value as a human being came from, it'll sound a bit weird, but she was like, imagine if you were out one day and you saw a car about to run over a brick. Would you jump in the road to save the brick? I said, no. She was like, of course, of course you wouldn't do that. Now, let's pretend that you were outside and you saw a car about to run over a baby. Would you try to save the baby? And I was like, yeah, of course. And she was like, why? And I was like, well, it's a human being. She was like, exactly. You wouldn't ask the baby whether it had rich parents, how many followers it had on social media, whether it was a good baby or a bad baby. You recognize that that baby has value because it's a living, breathing human being. And that's a value that exists in all of us. Thank you so much, Timmy. Thanks for opening up about that. I think it's so important. Um, and money sometimes, you know, will create a lot of stress and anxiety and we don't really know why. And it's important to go, I think, quite deep um, when it comes to to money and, and definitely like get some help. So do, do you have any final thoughts for, for people who can be really stressed at the moment or, or they feel, you know, their mental health is going to be impacted? Um like where where can they go? Anything they they can do? Yeah, I've worked with a great many um, like charities and organisations that give free help to people in their financial situations. So Step Change is a fantastic debt advice charity. Um, do get in touch with them if you're struggling with debt, particularly problem debt. Turn to us is a fantastic uh, financial help charity. They actually have a benefits calculator, which you just, you plug in your details and it lets you know what your entitlements are. 
And um, this simplifies and removes a lot of the stigma around um, like claiming benefits, basically. And actually, if you go on the universal credit section of the gov.uk website, they reference the turn to us benefits calculator like four or five times. It's that good. So I recommend that. And then, of course, Citizens Advice is a great organization to just pick up the phone to and be like, oh, I was wondering how this thing works, this consumer, or this financial issue works. I've called them before. They're fantastic. Do you have any final thought, final tip to share with, uh, with everyone, please, Timmy? I think that the current climate that we're in, as I said, is not to be taken lightly. I don't want to make light of anyone's situation. Times are tough right now. We're calling it a crisis for a reason. But when in doubt, zoom out. Um, recessionary periods, economic downturns happen very regularly. Um, this is a time for us to be kind to ourselves and to be kind to others and to get through this period safely and smartly. And we will. The future is bright. Thanks, Timmy, for your wise word. And I you know, can't wait to, to see you again and continue our conversation. Thank you for having me, Emily. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet. Please share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. Join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet. It will be a special episode about dealing with the financial pressures of Christmas. We'll talk about why we spend more in December, how to deal with social pressure and temptation, and stay in control of your finances.